Hi everyone, welcome back to Hola Let's Chat. I'm your host, Melanie, and today's another special guest episode with Dr. Tara. She was my professor here at Cal State Fullerton for my last semester, and I'm super excited to dive in about her career as a sex and relationship coach. Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me. I'm Dr. Tara. And I'm Melanie's professor. I'm a professor at Cal State Fullerton. I teach sexual communication, relational communication, and quantitative research methods. Apart from being a professor, I'm also a sex and relationship coach. I have my private practice here at in downtown Los Angeles. And then I'm also a sex-positive social media influencer. All right, so... What got you started into just the whole idea of teaching people about sexuality, about sex, relationships, coaching, all that? Yeah, my journey has been really long and I would say I'm still on it. So I'm originally from Bangkok, Thailand. Have you been to Thailand? No, but it's on my bucket list. Oh, awesome. You have to let me know when you go. So I have a lot of recommendations. (laughs) So I'm originally from Bangkok and I'm an immigrant here in the U.S. Uh, Growing up in Bangkok was very different. Bangkok is very conservative and I grew up in an environment that's very sexually conservative. So I went to an all-girls Catholic school where you have to wear like long sleeves, long skirt. Um, Your skirt has to cover your knees because, you, you know, my knees are way too sexy. Um, but that was kind of like the environment I grew up in. I like sharing that part because I need to people to understand, like, I didn't grow up like in a relaxing environment, you know, like I grew up in a very strict environment, um, particularly for girls. Like, you know, you can't show your body. There's a lot of like value attached to being a quote unquote good girl. So that's how I grew up. And then I went to that school until I was 15. And then I went to high school in Finland. So Finland was my first, like, almost like a shocking revelation that, like, people around the world are so different when it comes to their relationship with their bodies and sexuality. So in Finland, because it's in Scandinavia, it's a lot more laid back. Uh, nudity is very common because they like getting naked and going into saunas. Um, the whole family can get into the saunas naked. So it's like, oh, wow. you can see like your dad's balls and like, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it's no big deal because like the bodies there is very neutral. It's a very body neutral culture. Which was a shock to me because I came from like, oh, you got to cover your knees to like, oh, let's get naked. Everyone of every gender and every age group, like let's all get naked and go into the saunas. So I remember that at that point I was like, oh man, like there's so many different types of, you know, values and beliefs around the world. So that was kind of like my first hit of like reality of okay like sexuality and body and all those things are really interesting and then I moved to America and then I got my higher education here um, in the PhD program I studied human communication but particularly in the relationship setting Um, I've always been interested in relationships because I remember when I was younger someone told me or maybe it was a YouTube video that said like 
actually maybe it was Oprah uh, that said that your life, like the quality of your life depends on the quality of the relationships you have in your life. And I just remember from that time, like, oh, wow. Like, you know, that is, that's so true. Because if you think about it, you can't be here alone. You know, like mm-hmm. good friends, good family, good romantic partner. It changes everything. It changes the experiences of everyday life. So at that point, I was like, oh, I want to study relationships. Um, but not o- not until I got to Cal State Fullerton uh, as a professor that I got to teach sexual communication. Um, so when I got to Cal State Fullerton, my boss at the time asked me like, hey, do you want to teach this class? And I'm like, hell yeah, I want to teach this class. So I've been teaching that class ever since. And I've been at Fullerton now seven years. Um, but yeah, I started te- once I started teaching this class, it really made me realize that I personally was not that sex positive. When I started prepping for the class, like the lectures, the PowerPoints, I learned like way more than I knew before. And I also learned that I'm personally not there yet. Um, at the time, I was married to my ex-husband. Um, we like eventually got a divorce, but we got I got married younger. And, you know, um, I'm not going to say that I regret it because it was a great life experience, but it was definitely a mistake because we weren't right for each other. And it was very painful, but at the same time, it helped me grow into a very sexually confident person. And through that journey, I grew very, very passionate about teaching people sexual communication, sexual confidence, and understanding your own sexuality, because life is so much better when you do. Um, and yeah, going through all of that life experiences, plus like the professional experiences, it really have led me here. It's a long answer to a short question, but <laughs> I have to tell you the whole, sto- the whole life story so that you understand how I got here. No, yeah, of course. I think that's interesting, though, how you're just breaking it down that it was never originally like in this field, per se, it was right towards something completely different. And now, yeah. like, look where you're at you know oh yeah 100% I and it's never ever too late like I have a a friend who you know um did her master's degree in social work and she's like oh I want to become a sex coach and I said oh you can totally go get a uh to become a certified sex coach and then in a year or two you just open your own practice and you can do it like anyone at that at any point in life if you're passionate about it and you're an enthusiast you should totally do it that's interesting did you always think about going into coaching with other people or were they both like hand-to-hand with each other that's a really good question I have learned that I love teaching since I was in my master's program. So I started teaching oral communication, not oral sex. Uh, Oral (laughs) communication is like public speaking. I started teaching that in my master's program as an instructor. Um, And I just, I I remember like really enjoying it. And my boss at the time was like, Tara, you're really good at teaching. You should consider becoming a professor. And ever since then, I just kind of have been pursuing this career path, becoming a professor. But I never thought about becoming a sex and relationship coach. Only until a few a few years ago, um, when before actually before COVID, when I was like, 
huh, how do I take what I teach in the classroom to the public? And all my students were like, Tara, you got to have uh, social media. You have like Instagram and TikTok. And at the time, I did not have Instagram or TikTok for Love Bites. I just started it a couple of years ago. So, so yeah, with their like kind of encouragement and recommendation, I started all my like social media empires. It, I started Instagram, TikTok, podcast. And I also started uh, coaching people uh, in person as well because I, I started coaching on Zoom and I really enjoy it. And it's very rewarding to help people one-on-one. And then I started doing it in person for people that can come to my office here in LA. Yeah, so it just kind of opened up your personal branding to where you're at now. Yeah, personal branding is so important. Anyone that wants to have their own business, um, regardless of what industry, they should consider having social media. It's really helpful. It really helped me grow my brand. All right, Dr. Tara, what would you say is the funniest dating experience you had? Funniest might be, uh, I don't know if it's funny for other people. It was funny to me. It was this hookup uh, that I had when I was in college. Um, I went over to his place and, you know, like I just had like, I just had Thai food for lunch. But then in the <laughs> afternoon, he's like, oh, hey, like I'm back from work. And it was like around 3 p.m. He's like, do you want to come over? I was really into him at the time. I was like, yeah, I want to come over. And <laughs> I went over and this was like second time we hung out. Um, he, he was like, let me give you a massage. And he was giving me a massage. And then, you know, he was giving me a massage and started with like the shoulders and the back. And, and he was at my ass and he was massaging like really intensely. Cause I mean, you know, he's trying to give me like a sensual sexual massage and I farted. Oh my God. During the ass massage. And I was like, oh no, uh, we just laughed about it. But I think that was uh, the funniest moment of dating for me. And uh, honestly, I only hung out with that guy one more time. And then we we just stopped dating. <laughs> I don't think it was because of me though. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I'm trying to think. I've never farted in front of a guy before, but. I have actually many times. <laughs> I like in like I don't I think I have a problem holding it in. <laughs> I uh, uh like, it's a natural thing though, so I'm trying to embrace it. <laughs> yeah, I think after after some time it's like okay, you, you know it's coming. You know it's coming. You know it's coming. <laughs> what about worst dating experience that you can think of? Oh, the worst dating experience was probably with this guy. He was a a med school student. And I was in my PhD program in Arizona. I invited him to my place. I didn't think about like at the time, I don't know, maybe I was just silly. I invited him to my place um, to like drink wine and chit chat. I didn't think that that meant we're going to have sex. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he, uh, we drank the bottle, one bottle of wine. Like I had one glass, he had the rest. So he was drunk. And then he like kind of pushed himself on me and started kissing me. And I'm like, oh, like I, I'm on, I just lied. I'm like, I'm on my period. And he's like, oh, I don't care. Um, and then he's like, why are you so stiff? Like, come on, let's have fun. And honestly, that was 
not a good experience like it was a really bad experience so I would say that was the worst date is like I ended up having sex with him but I did not want to so afterwards I felt very dirty and Mm -hmm. I mean he left but I never talked to him again oh wow I feel like that that experience just like afterwards that it just lingers because you're like oh so many things could have went down if this or that would have been done or said yeah yeah I mean if if I was like oh I don't want to I don't want to do that today um and if he was like oh yeah that's totally cool let's just hang out I would have find him like a lot more attractive but after we had sex I was just like oh can you leave Mm -hmm. yeah that was the worst yeah I feel like when people even men and women just when boundaries are crossed it just you know it's it's over from then because if you can't respect each other's boundaries and not gonna work out no you're right boundaries like the most important that that comes first because that's like the trust Mm -hmm. part right if I can't even trust you to honor and respect my boundary like who are you even Mm -hmm. yeah that's true because I've met people and they're just they have other intentions and I have other intentions like okay and I like to be very layout of what what's gonna go down and vice versa and sometimes yeah. it's we're not on the same page and it's like okay that's fine I respect you you respect me and you move on yeah you move <laughs> on it is. yeah and I'm totally okay with that too if he was just like even if he was like damn I thought we were gonna have sex but you know what it's fine and even if he was upset which is not a good thing of course but I would still be like okay yeah bye right but he like forced it anyways yeah yeah I think something that I did take away from this class was being very sexually verbal is that how you would say it sexually yeah just being very verbal and like what you're looking for what you want at the moment and especially with guys I've just been like okay like like putting the cards on the table like hey this is what I'm at right now and where are you at and just speaking like openly about sex and just different things and honestly like I find it like fun sometimes because I'm like oh like what was your first time or like where did you do this and that and like some guys will be very open about it like for the most part they have just like told me and I'm like okay that's like cool and just like learning about different like sexual experiences especially from a guy's end that's awesome How would you say you started building your own sexual confidence and bringing it out to others, especially the people that you work with and just for students overall? How I built my sexual confidence is an ongoing practice and it's a combination of a few things. All of these methods have empirical research to back it up as well as my personal testimonials and all my clients. The first thing is sexual meditation. Sexual meditation is like a regular meditation practice, but it focuses on sexual thoughts, feelings, and sensations in your body. And sexual meditation has helped me feel really good about myself and a lot more content about who I am sexually and my body and what my body looks like, what my body feels like. It also helped me feel like more confident expressing myself more assertively. And there's actually quite a lot of research that shows that sexual meditation is a very powerful practice 
for people to try. And that's why I'm very passionate in telling younger people, like, if you start now, like, it's going to be so good for you. And I do sexual meditation, like five minutes a day. Sometimes I do 10 minutes, but most of the times I do five minutes. Um, that's one practice that helps me grow my sexual confidence. The second practice that I do every day is journaling. But I don't journal like the whole page, right? I'm a fan of like small goals so you can consistently achieve it. So for me, my goal for myself when I journal is I'm going to journal the three things I'm thankful for. But every single day, one of those three things is re related to my sexual self. So maybe it's like, I'm thankful for um, my blowjob skills. I'm thankful for my nipples. I'm thankful for uh, my vibrator. <laughs> I'm thankful for how I um, uh, orgasm last night, right? Like whatever it is, it might sound like silly, but it works for me and it works based on positive psychology research, it works for a lot of people. So that's the second practice that I do is, is journaling. Do you like journaling? Myself a little bit. I have a journal that I come back to every so often. Yeah, I feel like it's more common for, for women than men, but I'm seeing men, more men doing it now, which is great. My husband does it every day as well. Yeah, it's just like a routine you got to build into. It. Yeah, and it's important to give yourself like, small goals so like don't think that you have to journal the whole page just write three small things <laughs> it takes two yeah. minutes in a way it's kind of like a form of self-care into your sexuality in a way yes like, yeah. it's a self-care for your sexuality as well as your overall like self-esteem once you do this every day you know you can count on yourself you know you're someone that follow through allows you to build like a stronger sense of self-esteem. I always take time to think and self-reflect about where I'm at in life, where I'm at today. How do I feel right now? How do I feel about mm -hmm. the people surrounding me? How do I feel about my relationship with my husband? Um, I Yeah, I always take time, especially in the morning, like over coffee. I like to kind of stop and think about my life a little bit, like 10 minutes. And I think that's really helpful to be more introspective and be more grateful. I think the problem for a lot of people, um, regardless of what problem they have, especially, you know, sexual issues, is I think they don't, they don't like try to travel inward. Like they find external validation. They find like mm -hmm. external help. Like, oh, my dick doesn't work. Let me take a, let me take Viagra, right? Which is fine mm -hmm. for like temporarily, but it's never gonna fix you forever. Only we can fix ourselves. What about sexual debut? If you could explain that for listeners who may not know what that means. Yes, sexual debut is your very first sexual experience. So if you've had like your first sexual encounter, that would count as your sexual debut. So when you ask people, you know, instead of asking them like, oh, have when did you lose your virginity? Because that term has negative connotations. It's more fun to ask, when was your sexual debut? A little fun spin on it. <laughs> yeah. I feel like 
where I'm at now and like the first quote-unquote debut I've always taken like my baby steps and I've appreciated how I've gone through my journey and just looking back it's like oh wow like I took like I'm glad that I like I'm doing it for myself and taking the time like to build it slowly mm-hmm. to where I'm at yeah. yeah I love that for you that's important um I think there is a sense of urgency especially for the last like I don't know since I was a teenager there's like a sense mm-hmm. of urgency like oh have you done it have you done it I'm so glad that Gen Z's are kind of like taking their time because there's statistics that show Gen Z's are um having their sexual debut later which mm-hmm. I think it's great take your time <laughs> Yeah, no, but don't get me wrong. There's always been like pressure, like not only myself and people I see, and it's like, like in high why, school, why, in high school, and even like now, like I have a lot of friends are just like, oh, why haven't you done this and that, and just different things, like obviously sexually. I'm just like, oh, I'm not there yet. Like I'm in my own journey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like so curious. What are some of the things that Gen Zs want to try? Like anal? Yeah, I think that would, that could be one. What I was saying is that like I feel like there's always been pressure, like in my view, mm-hmm. and like people my age, and it's like oh, like everyone just has their own journey. And at the end of the day, if you're happy where you're at, you know you'll get there eventually. You know. <laughs> yeah, I completely Forever. agree. I uh, to be honest, I wish I had waited. My first time was very, uh, unmemorable. <laughs> what would be an advice or a tip you would give to someone who still hasn't dived into their sexual journey their sexual debut and it's just just doesn't know where to start in that sense or maybe they already have prior experience and they just want to lead into it more within themselves when I think of people you know that haven't had any sexual experiences and are very new perhaps they're younger in their teenage years I think there are a couple of things that you can do to um kind of educate yourself and try to improve your sexual confidence before you even engage in sex because I think many people think you know, sex is practice. So the more you have it, the better you get, which, you know, I would say maybe a, a partially true, but not always true. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of people that have a lot of sex, but not good sex. So here are three things that I would hope that young people that haven't had a lot of sexual experiences try. Number one is educate yourself. There are a lot of blogs, social media accounts, and books nowadays that are about sexuality that are very interesting and are written in a way that's very engaging to read. They're not, you know, dense academic books. They're like really fun books to read. Um, One of them that I really like is Come As You Are. Uh, I think that's a book that all girls, like all women should read because it allows you to really understand your sexuality. Uh, Also men too, to understand women's sexuality. I also like She Comes First. So Come As You Are, She Comes First. And um, another one is Sex at Dawn. If you're interested in whether or not monogamy is actually natural, I think Sex at Dawn is really an interesting book that has a lot of like information about history and other cultures that are very interesting. So I would say read those books. Um, 
And then the, so the first thing is to educate yourself. The more education you get, the more likely you're going to be more confident because you have the information. It's hard to be confident if you know nothing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is try these like sexual wellness practices. Try sexual meditation. Try journaling. Try like positive affirmations. Tell yourself you're beautiful. You're sexy. You're intelligent. You're capable, right? So try the sexual wellness practices. And I would say the third thing for um, building up your confidence is actually self-pleasure. If you've never masturbated, um, it's okay. And whenever you feel ready, you should try because it feels amazing. And also research found that self-pleasure helped increase your sexual confidence because if you don't know how to self-pleasure perhaps you like don't know your body that well but if you know how to self-pleasure if you know how to use your hand or maybe a vibrator um, on your clitoris like it helps you feel more confident each time because you know your body well and you can give yourself uh, pleasure or orgasm so I think these three things combined can really help you become more sexually powerful as a young person and really anyone at any age thank you and I, and I feel like how you're putting those on those tips it all starts like just within yourself and trusting that you can do it and it's gonna take that time for yourself yeah it always yeah. starts with yourself yeah, and I feel like that's where a lot of people especially minds, they lack because they feel like they need that validation or they need someone to get to their sexual goals mm-hmm. or whatever it is they think is right in that sense. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that too. But I don't think it's just your generation. I honestly think it's mm-hmm. everybody. You, you don't always need someone else. Right. But it's nice, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it is nice. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally nice it, but you're right you don't need someone else is it it's nice to have right this was fun yeah. and i'm really happy to have you here on our podcast and just get a new insight on different side of sex and relationships and just an overall mashup of what we talked about today mm-hmm. thank you for having me melanie you guys can find me on my website, lovebites.co. That's L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S dot C-O. All of my social media is on there. Cool. I will also have it down down below. So it'll be easy to check out. And thank you so much, Professor. Any last words you would like to say? <laughs> yes, last words. Let's see. Um, sexual communication is sexual liberation. So make sure you communicate your needs, boundaries, wants, desires. Sounds awesome. And we'll wrap it up here. Bye. Thank you. Thank you everyone so much for listening to another episode of Hola Let's Chat. I'm your host, Melanie, and that is a wrap. <laughs>